0: Welcome to Life Curious Women. I'm your host, Ashley Nadine Lopez, a committed, lifelong learner. Between focusing on our wellness, careers, and the values important to us, we can sometimes feel overwhelmed or alone in our purposeful journeys to grow. Each week, we will bring you personal development, inspiration, community, and valuable insights as you continue your journey in becoming the best leader you can be. Welcome to Life Curious Women. If you are tuning in for the first time, I'm so glad you found us, and I'm really excited for you to listen to this week's episode. Before we dive into this week's episode, I wanted to take a minute to talk about our new Life Curious Women membership. If you've been tuning in the past couple of weeks, you know that we are launching this incredible membership and... I'm extremely excited to be rolling this out. One of my foundational goals with Life Curious Women was always to build a community centered around growing, healing, learning, and just supporting each other in our journeys, doing all of those things. And so what better way to build community than to actually create a membership community where we meet consistently on a week-to-week basis. I have so many plans for this membership and we are starting off as an accountability and co-working space. This is a space for us to meet weekly with like-minded women and non-binary folks who are working on a variety of things, whether that has to do with your job, maybe you're trying to find a new job, maybe you are working on a new project, a passion project or a side hustle, or maybe you're just trying to stay consistent with your wellness practices, whether that Is a space to journal or meditate. It is a consistent space where you know you will be held accountable for whatever it is that you want to get done. I know for me, I do really, really well with accountability. It is practically the only way I get anything done. It's part of the reason why I like working in coffee shops because. It helps me stay focused to be in a space where other people are working. So why not join a space where you are accompanied by not just strangers, but women and non-binary folks who are just like you, who are working on their wellness, who are working on their careers and just their overall personal development. We will be launching in January 2024. I am super excited. And if you are interested, we have created a waitlist that you can sign up through the link in our show notes. You can go to lifecuriouswomen.myflowdesk.com/membership. We will be rolling out more details throughout the month, but I'm so excited. I can't wait to get this started. So personally, I'm excited to be working side-by-side with people who are like me, who are working on things they're excited about. Please make sure to sign up if you're interested, and that way you don't miss a single detail of what's to come. And if you want to keep up with all things Life Curious Women, we have an incredible newsletter that goes out every single week. I promise we don't spam you. I just give you some essential updates on... Episodes, things with the membership, and as we continue forward, future events with Life Curious Women. All right, let's get into this week's episode. This week we have Gabriella Lawrence, who is the co-founder and chief communications officer at Dose Mescal. Before launching the brand, she ran a public relations and talent consultancy in New York City, working with companies across CPG, fashion, beauty, fitness, and hospitality. As a double water sign, Pisces and Scorpio, Gabriella leads with connection, creativity, and curiosity, bringing forth innovative and on the pulse methods needed to grow a dynamic brand in the spirit space. I was so excited to have the chance to bring Gabriella on to Life Curious Women. We actually met at an in person event. Through female founder world if you don't know what female founder world is go check it out I am obsessed with them they are a community of all female founded brands and I went to an event where I got to meet so many incredible women Gabriella was on a panel at this Female Founder World event, and I was just blown away by everything she had to say about her contribution to building Dose Mescal. After hearing her speak, I knew I needed to connect with her, and I'm so glad we did because we were able to dive into her story during our episode today. We get into how Gabriella started her journey in the PR world. Gabriela shares that her passion for connection has driven almost every career move she's made to date and how her path took an unexpected turn when she met her business partners and the trio found themselves aligned in a mission to create a unique mezcal brand. We talk all about what it takes to build a Mescal brand from the ground up, and we talk about the challenges and the barriers that the brand has had to face as women founders in a male-dominated industry. We even get into what it's like to balance your life as a founder. I am really excited for you to listen to this episode. Take a listen.
1: Hello, Gabriella. Welcome oh, to Luxurious Curious
0: Women. I'm excited to have you
1: today. How I'm are you doing today? To be here. I'm excited <laughs> to be here. Thank you so much for having me. A gorgeous day in New York and yes. no better way to get the day started. So yes, exactly. Exactly. So
0: I start off every episode getting to know who our guests are. So I like to ask how you describe yourself, who you are as a person uh, so that the audience
1: knows who you are. Yes, 100%. Hello everyone. My name is Gabriella Lawrence. I am the co-founder and chief communications officer of Dose Mezcal by Day, by Night. How I would I describe myself? I'm very much so a social being. I'm also very into astrology and am these stereotypical Pisces. So, I'm led by beauty, I'm led by emotion. I love kind of art and fashion and spend my free time doing that and also love connection, hence why I work in hospitality. So, yeah, that is that is a great. That is such a great like
0: combination of like showing like how you're, how everything works together for you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh
1: yes, 100%. It's all it's all in sync. It all makes sense. 100%.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, okay, I want to start kind of like backtracking a little bit yeah. and talk about how, you know, you have a background in PR and if you could tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about like what, like, how did you get started in that world? Like what interests you about being in the PR world? And then if you want to tell us how you like then transitioned into co-founding Dose.
1: Yes. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. So I feel like I have a kind of untraditional um, career path. I went to, well, I went to college, which is traditional, but when I graduated, I graduated um, in the fashion program and moved to New York right away and really wanted to sink my teeth into the fashion world. And I now looking back, like, and also looking forward, I don't think I could ever work in fashion again as like a formal perspective, but I always have had it involved in my life, you know, for my own self. So started working in fashion, worked in for different PR agencies across the city, you know, working in fast fashion, luxury fashion, um, mid-tier fashion, doing public relations And then through that process, really realized that my true passion was experiences and creating experiences and connection. And all of the fashion events and activations and partnerships that involved those things, that's where I really was lighting up. And through that process, I worked in nightlife for a little bit because I also, you know, was like, oh my gosh, I love working in hospitality. I love connection. A friend of mine was working for a nightlife group and she was like, well, they're looking for someone to run the door. Do you want to see how you like doing it? So I did that for a while. Um, That's so cool. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I literally, it was chaotic time because I was working like a nine to five, but then three days a week, I was like doing the door from like 10 p.m. to 4 a.m. and then like waking up and going to work for like 9 a.m. So it was very chaotic. Oh, yeah. 26 year old me, 25 year old me, like just. Back back in the day, I could not imagine myself doing it now, but yeah. it really gave me a great perspective on that side of the business in terms of obviously now I am own alcohol company and being able to kind of see it on that side, but also you know now on the product side has just really been amazing. So I did that for a little bit, then I went in house for a footwear brand and ended up kind of creating my own agency within working for them. Mm. They you know had gone through typical just like startup struggles. And I essentially, they became one of my clients and it was great. So through that process, I started working with them in a client capacity, then started managing influencers and talent and doing all of their sponsored deals and partnerships. Again, back to the partnerships thing and connection. I loved working with talent, like in hand and kind of like making these opportunities happen. So that was amazing. And through that process, also Gained more and more clients started doing work with CPG brands and wine brands and food platforms and hotels and, you know, bars and working with brands like Aperol and Patron doing content for them and Virgin Hotels and like really kind of ran the gamut and the whole time again strengthening my love for connection and hospitality and experience and then, you know, connected with my business partners, you know, through this time, like as friends, you know, as colleagues uh, working together. And we all kind of were on the same page about wanting to dive more into hospitality and that like connection-based industries, you know, and it really was the meaning of the minds and I'm, I'm a Mezcal lover. And I think our whole team are Mezcal lovers and here we are, <laughs> the long-winded story.
0: Wow. I, that's such a great, culmination of everything I think that like one of the things that like stood out to me is that you kept saying the you know your your pillars of like why your why I guess your why is what and that is just like it's really inspiring because I think that like when you follow your why and when you're like authentic to yourself and you know yourself in that way then like things fall into place and like good things come to you and then you're happier and like better opportunities come your way and all of those things, you know,
1: hundred percent. And somebody gave me advice, like in the early stages of my career. And they basically said like, find what your like inherent gifts are and figure Mm. out a way to monetize it. And not in a like, Oh, you know, you should turn every side, every, every hobby into a side hustle, not in that way, but like, what is your inherent skill set? Like, some people are like, I have some friends that I call diggers, right? They like love to research things. Like, you can give them a topic and they'll spend hours. Like, they just like love learning, right? So, it's like, what are the careers that are aligned with that? You know what I mean? And for me, it's like, I don't like staring at a computer all day. I have always, that's why I've worked in public relations and communications. Like, our job is relations. You know, I love working with people and that human to human connection since. I was in high school that always has been like a, you know, a a pillar in my life. So for me, it was like when I was graduating school, especially in fashion, they were pushing either for you to be like a fashion designer or like a fashion buyer. And I couldn't really find myself in either one of those positions because I was like, I'm not a designer. I don't sew, I don't design clothes. But I'm also not a math person, which is buying. Like, you know what I mean? And where is the kind of middle ground? And that's what brought me to PR. And at the end of the day, like I always like refer to myself as a publicist and I always will, like through and through 100 percent But yeah, just find what you are just really what makes you you, what do you like, and just figure out what careers align within that, you know?
0: Yeah, totally. It's like as as long as you're following your authentic mm -hmm, self, I feel like everything else kind of ends up falling into place. Like when you're like following that and you're like, this is who I am. These are my strengths. This is like what I like. It falls into place. You know what I mean? And like, I think that like that's, you're such a good testament to it because I feel like it's so unique that like you went from fashion Mm -hmm. to then eventually leading you now to like something that like, Most people don't just like decide like, I'm going to start a mezcal brand. Like I'm going to start a whole spirit, like like, a whole new spirit in this like world. So I like to dive in a little bit more about the beginning stages of that. So like, what was that like? Like what you guys sat down, you're like, all right, we want to create this thing. And what, like, what did it take? What were the steps that it took to like, even understand how to get to the point that you're at? Like, you know, how to actually source it from Mexico, like all those things, like how, like,
1: what were those steps like? Yeah, 100%. I mean, I always say like, I never would have launched Jose if it wasn't for my partners and I've worked for myself before. And what I've realized again, is like you go through life and you grow. Like I am not meant to be a sole founder. I do much better with people who are like the yin to my yang. You know what I mean? Again, I'm, I'm a strategy person. I'm an idea person. And of course, being always in startups, I'm like an executor too, but having someone alongside that I can work with and that can really help lead on the operations is like inevitable. That's like a dream team for me and really how we came together. So I have two partners or a co-founder and our founding partner, Gabby. Mia and Gabby had also known each other for years just through college and study abroad. And Mia had done a lot of work with artisans in Oaxaca because she had a jewelry company. So it was down there sourcing, you know, probably, I don't know, back in like 2014, 2015. And spent a lot of time there obviously fell in mus- uh, fell in love with Mezcal. And then our founding partner, Gabby is from a little bit outside of Jalisco. So of course has grown up around agave and spirits and very much so that that's just like her culture. You know what I mean? Like, yeah having an afternoon tequila sip with her grandfather. Like that was just the norm, you know? And it really was like a meeting of the minds. I think Gabby and Mia uh, had kind of started tinkering about it and more so Mia and Gabby was like, I'd love to help you guys. Like, I know, you know, have connections downtown time in Mexico. Like uh, she's an engineer and was like, I can help you set up supply chain. Like, let's do it. And, you know, they had kind of been ideating, tinkering on it. And then Mia kind of came to me and was like, Oh, what do you think about this? And of course I was like, okay, well you have to do this, 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 this. And if you guys launch, you should do this here and just kind of like throwing ideas at her. And she was like, well, I love that you are so excited and into this because I want you to ask to be my co-founder. And I was like, 100%. And at that point, I had already pretty much been like almost an exclusive mezcal drinker. Like yeah. I, of course, through the years, like most people in the early twenties have like experimented with my drinks, like from beers to wine, to vodkas and all of that. And I just realized mezcal is the only thing that wasn't making me feel bad the next day. Like Mm-mm. I love to spot and have a good time, but after doing the due diligence on mezcal and you know how it's so artisanal handcrafted, no additives, you know, it's really like one of the best things that you can drink if you are going to drink. And I just was like, wow, for me, as someone who likes to go out with friends, you know, for work, a lot of my, you know, experiences are around the dinner table and around a drink. So if I can have something that feels great and I can wake up and feel normalized and like, oh, go to Pilates and go to yoga the next day and not feel like, you know, death, I just fell in love with it. So when Mia came to me, it really was just like, the all of the stars aligning because I had already been obsessed with mezcal and I think that was why I was probably throwing so many ideas out there and we really saw that there was no brand in the space that was trying to you know build something with an identity that we really wanted to create Mm -hmm. a lot of white space of course I think it's you know a very small percentage I want to say less than like five percent of brands in the spirit space are owned by women And then also we wanted to create something. Obviously, Mezcal is so ritualistic. It's so, it goes back so many years. I mean, our partners, our third generation family-owned distillery, also women-led distillery as well. And it's just so special. But we wanted to add kind of our just New York fit flair, our fashion flair, create something that was a little bit more uh, modernized, but still paid homage to, of course, like the tradition and the ritual of Mezcal. And I think we did that. And it was, we maybe linked, in you know formally decided we were going to do this in 2019 like august <laughs> september 2019 and by the time we were on the shelf it was june 2022 so we're almost coming up on a year which is really exciting wow. but yeah, this is yes oh Thank that's you. awesome
0: I'm quickly interrupting this episode to share a little bit of insight on what I've been focusing on in the past couple of months. I have been extremely focused on my physical well-being, and that includes everything from working out, to eating healthy, to drinking more water, and most importantly, to adding supplements that really support my well-being on the inside and the out. And after doing some research, there is so much science that points to really taking care of your gut. So I was super excited when I came across Ritual's 3-in-1 formula that is a prebiotic, a probiotic, and a postbiotic. I really wanted something that was going to be science backed, traceable ingredients, and that would help my gut really flourish. What I love about Ritual is that it's women founded and that they are so transparent about what goes into all of their research and all of the ingredients for each and every single one of their vitamins and supplements. They have everything from a multivitamin to gut health to skin, sleep, protein, pregnancy, pretty much everything that you need. If you want to get $15 off your first purchase, follow the link in our show notes. There are ways to bundle different products together and sign up for a subscription so you never have to think about ordering your supplements. Because the best way to continue to stay life curious is to make sure we are taking care of our bodies and ourselves first. All right, let's get back to the episode. This whole thing is just so fascinating to me because I feel like it's something that I just don't know anything about. Like, I'm like, I'm in hospitality, but like, I have no idea what that experience is like to just like from the ground up, decide that you want to like, you know, create something. And it's, and it has to be something that like you like, and that you believe in and that like, Mm -hmm. you know, that you can back because, then you're not going to feel passionate about it. So it's like, you know what I
1: mean? Exactly. Exactly. And I think, you know, we were all on the same page about wanting to create something super intentional, but also something that was led by connection and community. And I feel like that's definitely what Mezcal is. And, you know, that was our goal.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So can you tell us a little bit about what that experience is of being women led? Like, how do you think that it showed up for you guys when you, even like from the beginning started and then, and then eventually when it came to distribution and things like that, like what, what do you think were like, were there any
1: obvious like
0: negatives when like that you guys faced?
1: Oh my gosh. Uh, 100%. I mean, I think, I think, you know, before launching Dose, I come from like a consumer brand space. So in that space, it's a lot of female founders. It's a lot of support, like behind female founders, very much of the events were very female dominated, you know, women dominated, I should say. And since, you know, truly being in like the depths of hospitality, and of course, you know, this it's very much so a male dominated space, 100,000%. And, you know, all I'll say is, you know, when alcohol is involved, I feel like sometimes people's decorum just will drop to the floor. So yeah, keep, keeping our little black book, if we ever become famous, no, I'm kidding. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is quite, it's been quite the experience. And to say, I mean, of course it's an exciting, nonetheless, I think it really shows you how you have to just stay on your toes and like, keep your bearings. Like you can't like, you know, let people walk all over you. And sometimes I feel like being in this space, it has almost like hardened me a little bit. Like I I'm just like, almost like a, excuse my French, like a take no shit mentality Mm -hmm. because I'm like, it's already hard enough being a woman. It's already hard enough being a woman of color. Okay. Being in a space that's male dominated, that also is very in ways. I love it very casual and not formal. So it's like, you know, some things can slide and some things can't slide. You know what I mean? And being able to really like stand your ground and like step into your power is definitely something that I think, you know, especially me and I, we've really had to just own it. Like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like a take no shit and like just crack that whip almost because people will really just walk all over you. You know what I mean? So
0: Yeah. Wow. That's so that makes sense. Actually, that's like not surprising at all. Like, yeah, like that makes perfect sense. Yeah. And how do you think that it showed up for you guys? Like when it came to like funding, like, do you think that like being women led affected how you guys had to approach, you know, investors and things like that. Oh
1: my gosh, 100%. I mean, I think the disparities, especially in the fundraising and the venture capital community even angel investing are very large. I think, especially in the early stages, like I said, like we're a women led team, but we're also two thirds minority team. So it's like, I think, you know, less than 2% of women receive funding. It's even half of that for women of color. Yeah. you know, in this space, it's a lot of, you know, oh, you guys are doing great, but I want to see traction. I want to see you hit this milestone. I want to see you hit this milestone, blah, 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 which is like, you know, we've known plenty of companies like, you know, run by men that have went to Harvard or Wharton and they just come up with idea and they receive, you know, tens of millions of dollars in funding, you know, but I think, you know, in our space, it's just constant kind of energy of having to prove ourselves, having to keep Mm. ourselves, you know, and it's not to say, I mean, we raised, we closed our first friends and family round and our first like true angel round, um, back in March, which is really exciting. And we're entering on a new stage of funding again, but it's one of those things where it's like, people will say, Oh, I need to see traction, but you're like, I need investment so I can create traction because I have to hire people. I have to like divide and conquer. And I think For us also, it's difficult because in hospitality, you know, you're not sitting behind a computer all day. You need to physically be places a lot of the time. So, you know, we're only two bodies, really. So we've had to create a team and just like build that and just kind of navigating that tightrope. But I mean, I think with all that being said, we're super bootstrapped and we're doing a great job, you know, really growing the company super intentionally. But yeah, it definitely has not been easy. But luckily, we have some really great, great key supporters that like, you know, once it's like, once you have someone advocate for you in that space and they can kind of tell their friends, and this is amazing. You need to meet with this team. Um, that's just invaluable, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny because I've asked that question before and there was uh, someone else on the podcast that had a startup and like those were like, that was like her exact answer <laughs> where she was like, you know, it's like uh, when it came to her being, especially she was also a minority woman mm-hmm. and it was like, you need to, it's always about like proof. And then yeah. that, and the marker keeps changing. It's like, well, posts always change. Yeah. Like she's like, it kept, it keeps changing. So it's like, it's just interesting. It's just interesting to hear that it's happening. It's, it's common and it's happening Across the board, whether oh, you're okay. starting a Mezcal brand or like she has a nonprofit, and it's like yeah. the same experience is happening. Mm -hmm. both like in both realms you know what I mean and it's like I don't know how you fix that like I just don't know how you fix that I guess the way you fix it is to have
1: more women and more women of color who are the investors right exactly that's just what I was gonna say is putting more women and I mean we actually have a ton of women on our cap table and a ton of women of color which you know was really important for us and I think it's advocating that I think people also think like oh, if I'm not making, you know, 2 million or 3 million a year, I can't be an investor. I cannot do that. Mm -hmm. And that's not the case. And I think for us, it's also like just shining light on those people and getting them involved in these early stages, because yeah, that is really the true, that's the true way to distribute equity is like, you know, reaching out and having more women involved who are, you know, running this, you know, show when it comes to finances and investment, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. And that's how it is in, I think across the board in any industry where it's like, Mm -hmm. if you want change, then you have to be the one making the decisions, right? Like
1: it it comes from the inside and I, I, I 100%. And I mean, I think like for me personally, like people are always like, oh, what's your exit plan? Like, what do you plan to do? And, you know, I, and, you know, luckily we're all on the same page as this, but like, we want to build this and, you know, essentially bring in strategic partners so we can really scale. And we want to be able to, find success in this business so that we can pass our successes on to other people like mentorship and, you know, being able to invest in female founders and to underrepresented founders is so important for us. And we know that the only way for us to do that is by having capital. Like that's really like the only way for us to do that or having access to that. So that's definitely like our North star being able to kind of, kind of use Dose as a way to create this ecosystem to then help, Other women down the line.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. That's, and that's like what we do, like women do that, you know, and it's just so awesome because we, we do that. Like we Mm. go through these experiences and we're like, how do we keep growing this success for everyone, for the collective, you know, a hundred
1: percent, a hundred percent.
0: Yeah. I love that so much. Okay. So speaking of that, I would love to learn a little bit about your, your experience because We live in New York city and it's expensive to live here. So I kind of like, what, what's you, what's been your experience with like being a founder of something, but still being able to like sustain your, your life. Yeah. And then what your advice is to anyone who's listening, who's like, I want to create something, but I don't have the funds or the time. Or, you know, the space to be able to, to
1: dedicate fully to that. 100%. I mean, I think, well, when it comes to time, it's either you just make the time or don't like, you know what I mean? I think that's just what it is. Like I personally, I work seven days a week. Like, you know what I mean? I really 100% do some days. Do I start my day at noon and, you know, work until four or five or some days am I working from nine to six? It just depends. But like yeah. seven days a week, I think the time is something that's, if you want to build something, you cannot, you know, negotiate that. Yeah. Um, you know in the early stages too and i think a lot of founders and we get caught up in this like startup world of you know i raised 10 million i raised 6 million you know we just sold our company a lot a lot a lot and i think that it's very unrealistic especially in the early stages like i know for us especially as we're going like we are dedicated into keeping you know as much cash within the business as we Possibly can, right? So that means that we are not paying ourselves, especially the salaries we would be making at another company or not sure. paying at all. You know what I mean? Because it's like at the stage, we know every resource is valuable. So you want to keep everything inside. So it's like, it is okay. To like, for example, I still consult with other clients. Obviously, I have to pay my rent somehow, and I think that's okay. It's one hundred percent okay. It's like while you build your dream, you could still be working for someone else and doing something else on the side or doing something else for nine to five. Like that's just the reality, you know. That gives you stability and peace of mind for you to be able to kind of do, you know, what you're really passionate about after hours or on the weekends or however you find the time. And that's just the reality, unless you, you know, come from generational wealth or you have a partner that can support you. And I know plenty of founders that have partners that like, you know, they don't have to worry about paying rent because someone else yeah. is paying it, which is great. And if that's something for you, that's awesome. That's not the case for me. I still have to kind of take care of myself. So, you know, I luckily, again, it kind of goes back to connection and community, just been living in New York for almost 10 years, it'll be 10 years next year. And being able to just develop relationships with people that know me, they know my work, they know what I'm building. They are excited about Dose and being able to, you know, still work with them on projects and them knowing also the transparency. It's like, they know my goals, they know exactly what I'm trying to build. And, you know, it's, I've still been able to work with them obviously is building Dose and that's been awesome, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah 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 and i think that like that that's true it's it's a hustle and it's unless you have that support yeah you're just you're just going to have to make those sacrifices and, th- and it's mm-hmm. possible it
1: just it just takes longer and 100%. you know what i mean yeah 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 and i think yeah. we are just in social media just gets us so like caught up we just think things should happen like I mean, and why wouldn't we, right? It's like, we open these apps, we see so-and-so is engaged, so-and-so <laughs> just on a, you know, Chanel shopping spree, show-and-so just like bought a house. You're like, ah, you're like, you're trying to get on the rat race, but that's just not the reality. Like good things take time. And, you know, I even look at iconic companies in this space, like even like Classe Azul and Tito's, for example, yeah. like, it took them like 25 years to get to the point, 20 years to get to the point they all they are on now as an independently owned company. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? companies. So it's like, and people look at them now, like, oh my gosh, wow, but like that wasn't the case like 10 years ago, 15 sure. years ago. It takes time. So I think it's something we all are definitely need to remember.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally, totally. Moving forward, like what do you see in the next like five years with Dose and all of that? Because I, I just I love what you're doing now. And I love like all of the community that you're creating. Mm -hmm. I know you did like an event where you did like a clothing swap and like, you know, just these cool, like community building events. What do you, do you see yourself like continuing to do that? And is that working for you guys? And like, what do
1: you see for the future? 100% what do I see for the future to still be expanding we just launched in California so we're expanding to other states so definitely expanding the markets is definitely something I look into being able to go to California and Florida and Texas and maybe Canada like you know what I mean being able to have Dose will be absolutely amazing and yes exactly what you said the community aspect is still something that is ingrained in us and that connection aspect is ingrained in us so yes, these events that we're doing now in the next five years would love to grow them into large scale events. You yeah. know what I mean? That are these kind of localized events, time that by 10 and be able to have them on different coasts in different States and really be able to kind of bring these like grassroots ideas we've had from the early stages. to like a much larger scale. Yes. 100%. Yeah.
0: I, I, I love, I love that because I think it's, it's so unique. Like, it's not something that I've really seen or been, I guess, a part of at all. Yeah. And so, like, to see you guys, like, do these kinds of events is just, like, it's so cool. Like, I just, I think wow. it's, like, such a good idea, you know? 100%. and it. It moves it beyond just it being like a spirit that you just oh, have yes. at a bar, we'll just, you know?
1: Yes. We'll just, <laughs> that's what we're building with Dose. Like Dose truly is is a lifestyle. You know what I mean? And like yeah. and as it should be, I mean, spirits and hospitality, food and beverage is all you know, over an experience. It's over connection. You know what I mean? It's a ritual, you know? So why wouldn't you want to make those moments special? And if we can kind of come up with engaging ideas for our community. And I think people, of course, after the last couple of years with COVID are craving human connection and they're craving, you know, events and activities. It's the norm of like, going to happy hour and doing whatever, which is all fun and great. Of course, we still do those things, but having other elements that feel, you know, natural and fun that people still want to take part of, you know, it's of course, there's always beverages involved. So it's just natural for us.
0: Mm -hmm. Totally. So I would love to hear a little bit about what keeps you life curious. So I like to ask this to everyone, you know, we've touched on it throughout the episode, but like what lights your fire and like, what do you love, like just continuously learning about and just like exploring?
1: Yes. Yes. I mean, I'm, I'm such a curious person. I have so many interests. So I, I spend a lot, of course, a lot of time online and just, you know, my own research from meeting mediums and Substacks about different subjects from business to fashion, to hospitality. Yeah. To tech. I love that. But what keeps me curious is honestly just like meeting people and continuing to meet other amazing creators and builders in these spaces. I love, you know, going to whether it be like a networking event. I did a panel the other night and one of the panelists was just so inspiring and being able to hear other people's stories makes me just Be like, wow, there's so many opportunities these days to like build something special and be something special. And yeah, that's just like meeting new people and hearing their stories. I love that. I'm always like, I love that. That's definitely what keeps me curious.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I have one last question for you. So, who's your favorite life curious woman? So it could be anyone, it could be someone who's present,
1: now, historical, personal, famous, whoever. (laughs) Yes, yes. I probably have to say, which I love her so much, Issa Rae is absolutely thing of Insecure. I think she just is such like, An underrated businesswoman, like if you know, Mm -hmm. you know, and she just has built so many amazing projects herself without like major backing. I think she started with like her internet show, and it was very like grassroots, and obviously created a cult classic TV show, and has done so many other amazing projects. And I'm not even really in that space of like TV and whatever, but she is just such an incredible businesswoman that I look up to so much, and just how she like moves through life, and just
0: yeah,
1: is just amazing. I love her.
0: That's a, that's a great answer. Every time I get so surprised by everyone's answers because I know, right? It's just like everyone has a di- completely different answer. Like I've hardly had any overlap. Like it's like everyone has something different to say and it's always really cool to like hear hear the why, you know? Yes. So I love that question. So thank you. <laughs>
1: thank you, thank you.
0: So where can everyone connect with you and follow Dose and yes. keep up with all of what you guys are doing?
1: Yes, 100%. So we are at Dose Mezcal on Instagram, dosemezcal.com for the website. We are finally shoppable online. So if anybody's in a Mezcal mood, feel free to head over to the website. Um, We're also on Drizzly, also shamelessly plugging all of our sales platforms. And then my (laughs) personal Instagram is (laughs) underscore Gabriella L. Lawrence underscore. So that's where you can find me on Instagram.
0: Yes. And you can see all of her amazing outfits that you post all the time. And I'm that's always my like, creative outlet. and yes.
1: I'm just like, you know, had enough with Excel sheets and emails, I'm like, let me just play dress up in the closet to keep my sanity going, you know? I
0: literally love it. And every time I'm like, ooh, I love that. I love that dress. Yeah. like whatever. <laughs> It
1: inspires me. I'm like, ooh, I'm going to copy Put that, that one. Yeah. Exactly. That's, yeah. all, that's all. We're here to be inspired. So I, I'm here to be inspired too.
0: That's exactly. Really cool. All right, awesome. Well, thank you so much. This is so thank wonderful. Thank you
1: for having me. Yeah.
0: Thank you for sharing all about like your entire journey with Dose and how you've gotten here. So I really appreciate oh my gosh, it. This
1: is awesome. I appreciate you having me on. This is great.
0: We hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Life Curious Women. If you'd like to stay connected, make sure to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast player platform. We are consistently growing the show. And if you'd like to help in that, Take a couple minutes to leave us a rating and review. It helps boost the podcast and show new listeners what you love about the podcast so that they will listen in too. If you think someone could benefit from this episode, make sure to share it with them or share it on social media and make sure to tag us at Life Curious Women. And lastly, one of the best ways you can stay connected is by signing up for our newsletter so that you get information on new episodes, updates with Life Curious Women events, and lastly, any updates with the Life Curious Women membership coming soon. Thank you for listening, and as always, stay Life Curious.